You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. So welcome to the content creation workshop inside the matrix. I'm going to have you guys check in. If you can't come on live, I just want you to put it in the chat with like three words that you think of when you think of content, because I think it might be helpful just to start with where you're at. I think the benefit of these calls is making it very custom and personal to you. So if anyone wants to go first, give me three words that you either think or feel in relation to content. Like I said, if you can't come on the video, that's okay. If you can type it, that would be awesome. Natalie, since you're on, you want to go first? Putting you on the spot. First one that comes to mind is treadmill. Treadmill. Great. What other words? Creative and connection. Creative connection. I love it. Okay. For those of you jumping on, I'm asking everyone to give me three words that they think of or feel when they think of content. And so Natalie said treadmill, creative connection. I think I just saw some more in the chat. Time consuming. Yeah. Awesome. Creativity, slow, time consuming. <laughs> Yeah, which I think kind of relates to what Natalie said about like the treadmill, right? So we're going to add slow, time-consuming. Kristen, do you have any words for content that you want to throw on the list? I'd say painful. (laughs) Yeah, painful. I like vulnerable and maybe... Angela said intimidating. So good. And it does feel inspiring. Yeah, I love that. Denise added writing, thinking, social media. So I'll add these, social media, thinking, writing, repurposing, love these. Yeah, keep them coming if you have more, because you can kind of get a feel for like where we're at. I remember when I was just life coaching and I think I had like a hundred Instagram followers, I was like, I'm going to run out of ideas or like, I'm going to feel overwhelming. I'm going to add that. I felt a lot of overwhelmingness in the beginning, felt daunting. I'm going to add that. This never ends. I will have this great idea and then I have to do it all over again. Or like I spent so much time on that post and like nothing. It felt annoying. Required is a really interesting word to me The Consistency. Yeah. Like I can get a feel for where we're at, right? One of the ideas and why we have this content creation call is because I know I experience all of these things and it feels like a treadmill sometimes where it's like I create a great post and then I have to do it again. So Thank you. If you have any other words, I'd love to hear them. Feel like we're covering it. Like, feel like this is like a good picture of where we're at. Because like I was saying in the beginning, I mostly signed clients word of mouth. Like that was kind of how it worked. But I could see the value in having a brand or content that did that work for me. Repetitive. Yes. Good one. Emails. Schedule. Yeah. Like the repetitive nature of it too felt almost like pointless. I knew there was a point, but it was like, or I could just go talk to someone and send a client that way. And a lot of you have experience of that, right? Like I'm just going to go off conversations and it feels frustrating. Ashley added a way to show my personality. Yeah. I feel that too. And some of these words are amazing, right? Inspiring, creative connection. Like there's a lot of great things and the law that goes like it's polarizing, right? So there's going to be lots of things that are great about creating content and lots of things that feel really hard. Okay. So this is how we feel about creating content. We're going to do the same kind of activity, if you will, about you consuming content. And I don't want you to think about the people who know you. I want you to think about the people like, if you haven't seen their posts, you go into the search bar and type it so you can go find them. Or like when you see their stuff, you're like, I'm going to read this. Tell me words when you consume content. 
Again, you can come on live or you can type it in the chat either way. The people that you love, content you're excited to experience. Inspiring, funny, educational, awesome, intriguing. Oh man, you guys have some good words. Okay. I'm trying to type it because when people watch the replay, they don't see the chat. Entertaining. Yes. Thought-provoking. Learning. Interesting. Deep. I also like deep content. It's rare on social media, but I'm like one of the few and I'm not surprised to know that you're like that too. You're like, I like the deep stuff. Valuable. And you guys are bringing it. Awesome. Connecting. Yeah. So on the other end, it feels connecting, loving, easy to read. That was a really good one, Ashley. We're going to talk about that a lot today in the Bespoke Business Sprints. If you join me live later, relatable, beautiful. I love that word. Yeah. Because I think especially social media, it's like a visual platform. Interesting from the very first sentence. See, you're doing what I asked you to do yesterday, Ashley, which is like deconstructing why you like the content you do, which is awesome. In the first sentence, right? It hooks you. Aesthetics matter to me. Yeah. Which makes sense. You create beautiful content. Motivational, resonant. Awesome. Okay. You can keep adding some. I just wanted to share the big breakthrough for me as a content creator was when I started feeling these things as I create content. So like my own content intrigues me. I feel motivated by my own content. I resonate with my own content and it seems really selfish <laughs> when I say it like that, but like, that's what changed my relationship with content creation. Cause I genuinely like it like very nerdy, if you could see me create content, I'm like, oh, this idea is like really interesting. I can't wait to talk about it in my email. <laughs> and so what I want us to do, and Ashley, like even aesthetics and others, not just Ashley, like I know there's a lot of people who like pretty visuals, pretty words, the way it looks, maybe it's even poetic, the way it's written. I think for us as content creators, it's how we can obviously decrease the amount of frustration, treadmill, like painful I'm thinking on the left side, creating content, like the painfulness of content. Not that it never is hard. I don't believe in that. But I think if we can bring that frustrating, the negative down and increase, obviously, the positive things we feel about content, it gets a lot easier since it's a way we want to build a brand and serve the world. Moving or creates feeling. Yeah. So like I was saying, I think if you can feel that with your own content, that's when the game gets really interesting. Because I think if you're looking at it like a checklist, and it is a little bit like a checklist, right? Like if you study any business coach, they're going to say, like, if you build a brand, you're going to be publishing content. And so it is a checklist. But I think if we can make it artistic or make it meaningful to you, that's what we're after. Because I think that's when we really commit to doing it long term. And I think we start speaking the way that we want to in a way that resonates with other people. This is interesting. Creates desire. Yeah. So content that creates desire, desire to read more, take the next step, which is like a skill that you can learn. Ashley said, I have to be in the right mood to really enjoy creating Instagram posts. I like to do it during certain times of my cycle. I love that for you. Other times it feels annoying and don't enjoy it as much. I'd rather write emails or a podcast. Interesting. Yeah. And I think there's so many different ways to write content. And I love that you found one that really fits you. I have played with so many different ways of creating content and I recommend all of you experiment, but for sure, we want to be moving toward feeling inspired, feeling love, feeling, you know, like it's easy or there's a lot of flow. I would love to see this too. If you feel inclined, put it in the chat, how you create content and specifically how you love to create content, not just like I power through and it sucks and I hate it, but I get it done. Like, how do you create content in ways that you love? Put it in the chat. I would love to kind of see your process. The process that's working for me right now, 
I really am liking big ideas like in my newsletter, but also just like things I'm percolating on for the future. And then taking bite-sized pieces of that and sharing it on Instagram is working for me right now. I also like in the moment of insight. So I don't have like a schedule content, which I think it might be interesting for people to hear. So a lot of times I post almost like in real time, I had a great call with a client and like, I'm going to put that in a social media post because that was a really good idea. So it's like a living, breathing expression of my digitized consciousness as we started talking about. Danita said, when I have a specific problem or issue someone has mentioned to me, I love that, that I do it to talk about. That's why I have a podcast. Yeah. So good. So your content is podcasting, talking. Ashley says, as I look back over my posts, I can totally tell what kind of mood I was in when I created and posted a certain post. I can tell when I did it from a levy place and when I did it just to check a box. Me too. And it feels different. Annie said, I do better with in the moment too. Yep. Kristen said, sharing a personal insight. Think of talking to my friend. Yeah. Natalie said, depends on the type of content, story-based content, give myself 30 minutes, just let it flow, end of the day. This might be interesting for many people to know, but Natalie posts on LinkedIn, which is a little bit different than Instagram. We're going to talk about different platforms as well, because I think that matters. End of the day, more educational, needs a bigger chunk of time. Yeah, because you're writing more of like an article at Natalie, I think is, I don't know if you would identify it as an article, but definitely longer than a caption on Instagram. When I feel pulled over, inspired. Yeah, like people need to hear this. So good. Ashley said, it can be super frustrating when you spend a lot of time creating a post that you think is awesome and it's crickets. <laughs> yeah. I have that happen a lot where I'm like, this is going to change people's lives. And it's like nothing. But one of the things that I kind of like hinted at earlier is if we create content for us, it doesn't really matter. Because I actually heard this from Alex Ramosi, which some of what he says really resonates with me and other things totally don't resonate with me. But one of the things that he said that did resonate was creating content is not for the content itself. It's for the relationship you build with the people who read your content. So whether they like it or not, that's feedback about a relationship, right? If they share it, if they save it, if they like it, if they comment, that's data about a relationship you have with people. And so it's more about building the relationship over time than it is about individual posts, which is something to keep in your back pocket when you feel frustrated. Angela said, I get a lot of ideas from the books that I'm reading. Yes. I can tell what book I was reading at the time when I look back on my Instagram posts. Our mentors live in our content and some other people might be able to see it, but we can really see it because we remember how we feel or we remember what was on our mind during that time when we were reading the book, especially if it's a book that you're reading for the first time. Like I can scroll back to my content, even my podcast episodes. And I was like, I remember I was reading Awaken the Giant with a Tony Robbins. That book changed my life. That's why all these content is about personal power. I've started creating posts and podcasts around DMs I get. Yeah, that's super interesting. Danita said, I get inspired by books and other people's content. It sparks ideas in my related areas of interest. Yeah. Because we live in such a digital age, I think in the beginning, it was very much like the books I was reading. But now it's like the podcast I was listening to. Or if I was like really engaged in someone's like carousel on social media that was like really informative, you know, because like that's like a little mini masterclass sometimes. Most of the times I would say books did it for me, but there's so much content. And that's something that I think is a challenge in our day is navigating how much content we consume and knowing that our audience is also consuming a ton of content too. So good, you guys. Thanks for sharing all of this. I think it's like one of those things that if you've ever tried to explain how it feels to create content to someone who's not a content creator, like it's very difficult to explain because they're like, I don't get it. Like my mom is always like, how you come up with so many ideas that like, I can never do that. And then some people are like, I just don't get how posting content makes you money, right? Like if they're not in business. And so we do want to connect. I see content as the dual purpose 
of our life's work as creators, as coaches, as thought leaders, one, we're going to help people who never pay us money ever. There's going to be a handful, a large handful, actually a huge percentage of people who follow you and never pay you. Think about your buying behavior, right? How many people you follow on social media and you're like, I love them, but I'm like, not going to pay them money. (laughs) I might buy their book if they ever have a book one day. Or like, I just like following along. I kind of like being part of their life, but not necessarily resonating so deeply that you're like, send me the link. I got to pay you for your thing. And your audience is going to be the same way. And so I've always known I wanted to be someone, and I think a lot of you resonate with this, because content changed my life in the beginning before I could hire a coach, before I could join a program or anything. I read books and I found people on social media, and that's how I started improving my own life. So now we get to turn around and do that for other people. So like the crickets post that Ashley shared, like it's frustrating when you like spend a lot of time on a post and you get crickets. And one of the things that I always keep in mind is there are posts that I don't necessarily like, but I read. And over time, the way that we think or the way that our mentors think or coaches think and the way that they publish it, we kind of get in their mind and we know how they think. We know that their frameworks or their connections and we kind of know their stories and we know their language and vocabulary that they use to explain concepts, right? We get deep in their world. Our people are doing the same thing whether they like it or not. And so it's still valuable to publish things that you think are interesting or you think that are really valuable, even if you don't get the data. And this is what's hard is because we want to pay attention to data so that we know like, okay, they like this kind of content, but also at the same time, it's not that it's worthless if it doesn't get as many likes or shares or whatever, because you don't know what they're thinking about the content that you're reading. Danita said, sometimes I think crickets equals affected us so much we forget to interact. I think that that's true a lot of times. I still remember the one person who published though. Yeah. And I think if we're really here to serve, because the likes and the metrics, if we're not careful, can become an ego thing. I have it. So it's not like it's this evil thing if you care about likes, but it's being mindful of that, right? Because likes aren't the same thing as helping someone. Likes aren't the same thing as something working in your business either. It's a metric on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever you're posting. And so we don't need to read too much into it besides from what we want to get out of it in a valuable way, right? It's like, okay, people like to double tap these kinds of posts. People like to save these kinds of posts. Interesting. And you can do what you want with the data, but just remembering to keep it in perspective, it is not the end all be all. In fact, I've told this story before, but I have a friend who's got probably like 60,000 followers and she's not making any money. And we were together and she was asking me, like, I don't get how you do what you do. Like, I don't get the amount of money you make. I don't get how your Instagram looks the way it does as far as like follower count and like your profitability looks this way. Like, I don't quite understand because I'm very aware of what data I care about. Not that it's bad to play the Instagram game or like get focused on getting likes. I don't think it's bad. It's just, does that matter the most? And so all of this is in perspective of what you're working on. If you went through the interview coach, we talked about your bespoke business. If you haven't gone through interview coach, you should. It was like a really good free training. And this idea of like meaningful milestones and what actually matters to you. And one of the things that I think when we all ask ourselves what we really want, it's like more impact, income for what we do in the world and like fulfillment, meaning like we want to be able to feel like engaged and love what we do. Where do likes play into that? maybe in impact, right? I think we get feedback from people like people like what resonates or people like what's interesting or helpful to them, but it's not the only way to indicate if it's helpful or resonating. You know what I mean? And so putting this all in perspective, that's why I think 
how you feel about content. Do you think your content is interesting and helpful and deep and valuable? Because that's really, I think, like the compass for navigating an online space that sometimes rewards posts and sometimes doesn't, the algorithm changes. Like I had a post that I couldn't even see on my own feed for a while. So I was like, other people aren't seeing this. That makes sense, right? Weird things happen. But I think what keeps you in the game long enough to actually have your content do what you want it to, which is make an impact, help you create your income, help you feel fulfilled in your life. And if you're interested in like a body of work or having your ideas live on beyond you, if that feels daunting, toss it. But if that idea resonates, like interesting to think about, that's where the game becomes, I think, more interesting for us. So when you look at this list, the consuming content list, inspiring, educational, funny, intriguing, entertaining, thought-provoking, it has to do with learning. It's interesting. It's not boring. Deep, valuable, connecting, loving, easy to read, relatable, beautiful, interesting in the first sentence. It's motivational. It's resonant. There are one, some people are just naturally good at it, but you can learn these things by learning how to create content the way that these people do. And that's something that's, I think, worth our time and not from a place of like the vanity metrics, but more of like, it's a skill we can develop. And I think it makes it interesting enough for you to actually like the content creating process because I'm like a giddy little kid. Like I love what I do. I love like having ideas and I love thinking about when I'm going to share which ideas so that it kind of builds on itself. And it's like this world inside my own mind of ideas that I can share. And so this is a thing to keep in perspective too, that I think about a lot. Posts are impactful for me for sure, but like it's not just one post that changed my life or was the reason that I liked a certain creator or not. It was the relationship over time, the consistency the presence, the world, the digital world that they invited me into, that's what we want to create for our clients. It's not the singular post. It's the fact that we are continuously posting, that we are continuously refining our ideas and adding value over time. And so that's what I want for you guys. And it's not that I never feel some of these things on the left. Like I for sure have been stuck in content. When I feel stuck in content, I know there's like another phase coming where it's more creative and more high level and more engaging for me because that's how it goes, right? Like up and down, there's a sense of rhythm in content in life where up and down, feeling good, feeling bad, like it happens. And so if you're in this stuck feeling, or if you're feeling like it's daunting or like a treadmill, know that there's this whole other side that's probably coming for you as you break through. And so that's what I wanted to talk or even coach on today. Based on what we talked about so far, does anyone want to be coached on content or their thoughts about content? It doesn't have to be anything like deep, but if you're willing, I think it'll be helpful for other people. Well, Danita, I love it. Something I notice myself, I tend to get confused about like where I should focus my effort because I don't love social media. I don't love it for a lot of reasons, but I do love it for me being able to kind of develop my voice, like mm -hmm. especially around a specific topic. So like if I'm pondering something, I find that if I write about it, then I can kind of figure out what I believe about that thing. But I notice I sort of separate, like I have a book that I'm working on that feels really long and I don't really know where it's going yet. But then separate from that is like social media. Separate from that is my podcast. And sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed, like I just want one thing to focus on. That's what I noticed like today and yesterday I've been thinking about. Yeah. So you feel like your social media is separate from your book? Kind of. 
I've been putting excerpts on social media as a way to test like what resonates with people, what stories they might want to hear more about, and also as a way to grow my audience because if I want to publish the book traditionally, I know that it's going to be easier to do that if I have a larger audience. I'm not like totally married to like, I have to grow my audience. That's not what I think of when I post, but it's just kind of like a byproduct that I'm looking forward to. But yeah, I can't like your relationship with your audience on social media. What about my relationship with my audience? Yeah. Like, what do you think about the people on your social media? I feel like I have a lot of people following me that are like business coaches or VAs or that kind of thing. I sometimes go through and like kick them off my account even though it puts my follower numbers down further. Like I want to know the people that are following me. I mean, I guess for the most part, I just don't feel like I really know most of them very well. There's like a handful that do interact and that I know maybe in real life or in a different context that I know really well. But a lot of them, I'm starting to get people follow me that their accounts are private And I haven't decided, like, do I DM them and say, hey, thanks for following me. Let me know if you have any questions or anything like that. I've done that in the past. Nobody ever responds. I don't know how that feels. When people do that to you, like if you followed someone, you got a DM from them. How would you feel about that? I think it would depend on the person. If it's somebody with a really large following, then I would probably feel like it's a little spammy. But if Mm -hmm. it was somebody that like, I have like 650 followers or something like that. If it was somebody like that, I would feel like it was personal. I think. Yeah. I always try things on for myself. Cause like, that's a good indicator for like, what's in alignment with you and your soul. <laughs> if you feel weird about accounts damning you, depending on their follower account, that's interesting. I also think I'm kind of curious, like what you want from that first DM with them. Does that make sense? When I tried doing that in the past, my intention was connection, like to be a real person in the world. And one of the things I don't love about social media, it's I love that it's so accessible and we get to share and learn things so easily, but I want to know the person behind the account. And that's like, as I've been learning from you and like yesterday's class on the sprint, like what are the things that make you want to share or engage with yeah. content? For me, it's almost always the connection I have with that person, right? Yeah. It's always about like the person. Like the reason I hired you is because I felt like everything you said was like so resonant. And you said some things that I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I think of things. But I don't hear very many people saying it that way. Yeah. So that's like always the reason for me is like, I know the person, I trust that person. So I think that was my intention at first. I was trying to think of like, how could I create more like personal conversations and that kind of thing? Yeah, which is interesting because you could do that without social media. But what if we play with the idea of how can you create that connection with your content? Yeah, that's the second time you've said that to me. (laughs) I think it's because I know what you're capable of. (laughs) And I think that's why I like talking more than writing. Honestly, it's probably my thoughts about writing more than it is my thoughts about social media or my followers. Which it's funny because on our call together, you're like half of my bookshelf. And I don't know if half, like my bookshelf has a ton of writing books. Yeah. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm not a good writer and it's clunky. And I guess I just have this like belief system that I'm just not very good at it. But people have been saying since I've been 
posting my book excerpts, people have been telling me, you're such a good writer. Like that's probably the most common comment I've gotten. I've only gotten like a handful of comments, but like three or four people have said, I love your writing. And I'm just like, what? Like, that's the thing I thought I was bad at. <laughs> yeah. And who would you be without that belief? Yeah. You'd be a writer. I do. I think you are a writer. <laughs> I don't hold that identity yet. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I think I do want to work on the skill of creating the connection through okay. the writing, which honestly, I think it's going to require me to publish slower, to like write and then read it and then, you know, tweak it. And usually I write it, I do like a once through and then I post. Yes. There is a season of business where that really serves you. For me, that was like the beginning, right? I needed to practice publishing. That was what I was struggling with. Once you're publishing, then you get to start practicing your skills and taking things to the next level and slowing down because it's not just about getting it out. It's about doing it in a way that resonates, a way that you're proud of, a way that you like. Yeah. I think I'm entering into that phase because I feel pretty confident about like my podcast and just creating content, putting ideas out in general. I don't have like drama about that. It's more about, is this like creating the connection that I want it to? Do okay. you feel connected to your content? Some of the time I feel really connected, specifically when I feel inspired. I've been trying to like pray every day about, okay, like what's the story that needs to be told today? Yeah. And I can tell when something comes into my mind and it flows really easily. Like it's just very easy for me to write about it. And I'm just like in it. And then when I read over it, I want to like read it again and again. I'm like, oh yeah, like when I want to read it and I just like get yes. kind of engrossed in that. So sometimes that happens, but sometimes I'm more in the space of, okay, I just have to write today, which is one of my goals is just writing every day. Maybe that goal isn't totally serving me because then that's when I slip into like, just do it to do it and just publish something. Yeah. That might be something you separate because I write every day, but I don't always post every day. Yeah. And so not all my ideas make the cut, <laughs> but I do write every day because it gives me like a sense of ordered consciousness or ordered thinking. But yeah. So I did set the goal to write every day. And then I realized I had been getting that confused with publishing every day. So I kind of mm -hmm. slowed down the publishing, but then I also slowed down the writing. So <laughs> I think yeah. I have to get back in the habit of writing every day, even if it's quote unquote bad and like spending more time with the things that I write that maybe don't instantly resonate and like working on them, editing those ones a little bit more. That's what is kind of coming up for me. I like having projects. Like if you looked at my Canva, I have tons of posts that like I'm working on. Like I have this idea. I'm like, ah, eh, it's not ready yet. Like it just sits there and it like I marinate and sometimes it makes it and sometimes I just delete it. But I think it's normal. Like that's part of the creative process is cutting away things that aren't necessarily where you want them to be. I wonder too, like if you're open do you like publishing just excerpts from your book on social media? Like, do you like it aside from getting data? I don't know. I like the writing process and I have kind of a very fuzzy thesis statement for my book. I mean, this whole year I've been working on writing a book. And the first thing that got in my way was like, where do I create time in my schedule? So now I've created time. Now I'm like, okay, let's just get in the habit so I like the writing process. I don't mind doing the excerpts. The reason behind that was because I wanted to know 
what was compelling enough for people to click over to my blog. I could publish the whole story. Most of the time, I think it would fit within the character limit of Instagram. I feel very neutral about it, like the excerpts themselves. I'm not like, I love it. I'm not like, I hate it. I'm just like, I don't know. It feels like it's fine. Sometimes the question like, how much are people actually reading the captions? The thing I know about my people is that they will jump through a couple small hoops. So it kind of want there to be a couple small hoops because it's a little bit of a filter. And this book is meant to be longer form content that I'm Mm -hmm. just getting in the habit of like writing and just writing my stories. I know I have way too many stories to fit into a book. So I'm sort of trying to thin through what do I focus on? So using social media as a way to write your book. Yeah, it's sort of an accountability thing. And now that I feel like I've said it, I have had people go, oh, I'm super excited for this. I'm going to read a lot. I haven't published anything for like five days. And so I'm sort of feeling the pressure like, okay, today I need to write something and publish it or publish something that I've written before. It's interesting because I just have like a different theory about social media. I can see why you do what you do because it's like your way of getting closer to the book that's going to resonate with your people and you want to find your people. I look at social media as like, there's some people that will only follow me on Instagram and this is one way I can give them a piece. And so I make it very Instagrammable, like that piece of content. There's this idea, it's super nerdy, you guys, but I feel like a lot of you guys are deep thinkers. So there's this guy named Ken Wilbur and he has this idea of like holons. So like there's the atom and then there's like molecules and then a cell and then an organism, right? Or an organ and then an organism, right? And like you transcend and include as you work your way up. So like when you move from atom to molecule, the atom is a part of the molecule. So it's included, but it's bigger than. And so I think of content in the same way, right? There's like words and sentences and a paragraph. But another way to think about that is like short form on Instagram, maybe longer form on a carousel post, longer on an email, maybe even longer on like a podcast interview. And then you get to like a book. And then even bigger is like your whole body of work. So everything's included, but it's bigger. I look at Instagram as that right? Where it's a smaller part of the whole that I'm trying to build. And some people will continue to grow and like, they're going to be my raving fans. They join the matrix. You guys probably read my posts and listen to my podcast at a certain point in time. And so I like to think of Instagram that way, where it's like, it's the beginning. Another metaphor that I like, it's the iceberg, my deep stuff. It's going to take long form to explain it. Think about like, if you go to the mall and the people serving, it's like, do you want to try this? Do you like this? Come and eat at my restaurant. That's how I see Instagram. And I don't think it's right or wrong, but I do think it's different than how you see it, Danita, where it's like, they're almost like two separate things where it's like, if you like this, jump through some hoops. And then we're going to talk about something long form and you take the excerpts, but it just feels, I don't know, like you're testing it instead of like including it. Does that make sense? Does that resonate or not? I think that's true. I think it does feel like I'm testing or experimenting, but then I would say I'm not really connecting then. It's almost like those two things are mutually exclusive, not entirely, but when I'm thinking about Instagram being like a testing ground, it's not a connecting place for me. Yeah. For you, because you're there to test ideas. 
it's almost like a researcher, like you're here to research. Well, I know that this won't really help you. You have to read my book, but I just want to see like, does this resonate so I can write more about it? And I'm like, but your ideas are amazing, even the little ones. Could you go deeper in your book? Yeah. But like also the compound effect of little golden nuggets dropped on Instagram create transformation. I think you're discounting your ideas as like, well, I'm testing it to see if it makes it into my book instead of being like, these little ideas are life-changing and I'm going to expand some in my book. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to share stories and frameworks and all these things in my book that go way beyond, but also the little nugget is valid and useful in and of itself. Yeah. I think that helps with also when I said at the beginning, kind of feeling confused about what are they all for? Yeah. I think I actually do have different reasons for each of the areas where I create content. And I think I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Just like journal on that, like list out. Yeah. What I think I- it's a really powerful practice. We talked about it a little bit in the sprint. It's like, why? Yeah. Why am I making this post? I think that would be interesting. Like, do you have a reason? Do you know your reason? If it's to test ideas, do you like that reason? Because you told me you want to connect. So if that's your primary reason to post, you might write differently. I don't know. Something to explore. Yeah, I'll explore that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dinga. Anyone else have something come up while we were chatting? Hey, Ashley. Hey, Amber. To everybody, I don't know how everybody does this, but do you feel like you need to post every day? Like, how, What's your strategy around Instagram? I really feel like I have a relationship with my audience and that's how I think about it. And I think you might've heard me talk about this before. So forgive me if it's like a metaphor that I've used before. I think about like my husband at work. If I had this rule with myself that like I always text him at 10 AM, that's how we have a relationship. What would that be like versus like I text him when I think about him or when I have something to share. That's how I feel about my social media audience. So I post pretty regularly but I do not have this like rule that I post every day. I'd love to hear what other people think though, because like I said, that's what works for me. That's not the end all be all. How do you post? So I usually will get on every day. Yeah, I'll get on there and onto my stories. Sometimes I show my face, sometimes I don't, but I don't have like a strict schedule for my posting and my feed just because I don't want to. Yeah, but I don't know if that's right. <laughs> no, I don't think it's right or wrong. Like, do you follow Rick Rubin? Mm-mm. So he wrote the book, The Creative Act, The Way of Being. And I really like that book. But he is like a music producer. So he like produces music for like Adele. <laughs> like he's like really well known. Anyway, the book was really good. But he has an Instagram account that like I find fascinating. And it's like surprising because he always has just one post. But oh. it's new posts. He's got 504,000 followers. But he has like one post always. So like he deletes them? Yes. Why? Right? So is there a right or a wrong way to do Instagram? Interesting. Interesting. So like This is the new post. I haven't seen it before. He posted it 23 hours. Have the confidence to jump in with both feet. But like it was something different the other day before. And so it's fascinating because I like to use examples that like, is there a real way to do Instagram? I don't know. And there's people that teach optimizing for growth right? Like how to grow on Instagram. But like we talked a bit at the beginning, you can grow a huge audience and not make money. So I think it depends on what you're trying to do with your content and why, and does that resonate? And it's so unique to you. So do you like how you're showing up right now? I will admit that I feel sometimes a little bit guilty that I don't make more posts. That's interesting because you yeah. should. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, oh yeah, I should be doing that, but I'm not because I don't want to. And then it's the whole, like my being lazy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Think about it in the terms of a relationship though. I do. You tell when people are doing things because they should for yourself. So. Can you tell when you're doing something because you should? Oh yeah. One. How does that feel? I feel annoyed. I feel resentful. I feel like it takes me two or three times longer than it should. But Amber, like, I also have this like perfectionist mindset where I'm like, I know. <laughs> where I'm like, it's got to be perfect. Yeah. You know, and it's got to be mind blowing and it's got to be like all the things. And if yeah. it's not, then it's not good enough. If it's not pretty enough and oh my gosh, there's a typo. Now I got to delete the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, welcome to my life. Yeah. So I'm going to make the case one that that makes you really great at what you do Two, We don't want to get rid of you trying to be great. Yeah. It has served you in a lot of ways. The downside is like the perfectionist, the beating up, the feeling bad, which I think there's a way you can find something in the middle where you do try your best, but also like release the criticism, the shame, the guilt, things like that, which I think is like creativity and iteration and like high performance, which I think are words that you resonate with. Yeah. But there's between high performance and like shame. <laughs> you know what I mean? And only you know the difference because it's how you feel on the inside while you're creating. If this is point A, where are you trying to get to with your content? Where would you like to be? I just want to provide content that is helpful for somebody. You, you know? do. You so. do that. So check. You did it. Congratulations. You've made it. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to spend hours and hours. Now we're talking. Yes, that's what I mean. I, I wanted these answers. Like you want to create value, but you also don't want to spend hours. You want to feel effortless. What else? Well, that's the biggest one is that it takes too much of my time and I don't want it to. And I also don't want to outsource it because I also have a feeling that it won't be good enough. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's lots of reasons not to outsource. That's an interesting one. You're like, I don't think anyone can create content like me. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, no. I just feel like, I don't know. I think I just want to have control of that. Yeah. And that's okay. I do too. Like, I don't see myself passing off content. I'm like, this is my brainchild. I want yeah. to create it. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. I like spending. See, I think the difference is when it takes a long time for me, I'm like full of metaphors. Like, I feel like I'm working with a piece of clay that like, I just can't get quite right. And I like, I like it though. I like the feeling of like trying to write it the right way. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. It's mm -hmm. like a creative process. Whereas I think you don't like that. I don't think you like when it takes a long time. I think the reason, cause I really do like creating. I love creating posts. Like I really do. I wish that it didn't take up so much time in my day because I'm trying to meet like this almost unrealistic yes. standard. Even yes. like still when I post stuff, I'm like, well, it's good enough. I just wish that I could be more efficient at it and be more consistent with it. Sometimes I wonder if people are like, whoa, Ashley, wow, I haven't seen you for a while. Hey, look, there's a post okay. from Ashley. Let's fact check you on Instagram specifically. So your pin posts, you post 20 hours ago. I did. And then you post two days ago uh -huh. and then six days ago. And you feel like that's not enough, not consistent enough. Well, not compared to like, there's a September 20th, which was somebody else's post that they then like collaborated with me, you know? So I'm like reposting mm -hmm. it. 
So September 20th, then October 1st. And see, you can like totally tell where I am like in my cycle because then I start posting like all. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And you have your stories is that you teach how to live cyclically. Yeah. But you're judging yourself for living that way. Yes. As a creator. Yes. You can see the hypocrisy. I can. You're being mean to yourself, but you wouldn't say that to your client. You'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You're living according to your cycle. Sure. <laughs> All the brainwashing from Stacey Bayman and whoever else, you know? Yeah. And then I know you follow Katie Borland. All of yeah. a sudden she'll like pop on. She gets like thousands of people be like, she's here. Yeah. Just the right way. Like there's a relationship that you have with your audience and how you create for them and what feels good to you. And what's interesting is nothing necessarily has to change for you to change the way you feel about that. Now there's way things you can change, right? Like when you're in that mode where you're like, I'm creating, maybe you batch content and then you schedule it so that when you're not feeling great, it goes out anyway. That's a mm-hmm. possibility, not right or wrong though. There's not a right way to create content. Just think about how much mind drama and space your judgment of yourself is taking up aside from the actually creating the content. And like I mentioned earlier, it's frustrating when you put a lot of time and energy into a post and nothing. I remember when I was working with Katie one-on-one, that was something we talked about a lot was like, I'm putting all of this time and energy into my posts that I think are like awesome and nothing is happening. And that's when she was like, you need to look at your shares and your saves. Yes. And saves. Cause I almost get more saves than I get likes, which is always really interesting. Totally. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And I value that more. Me too. They value what I said enough that they want to come back to it versus just like a, I like, I like sports. And so I think about like a baseball hitter a lot because they are world renowned. Do you know what they're bad at? Like an amazing batting average. It's not even half. It's not even hitting ball half the time. It's like a third of the time they hit the ball and they like go to the hall of fame. Statistics are so interesting and so just knowing a percentage of your post just won't perform well. And it doesn't mean it wasn't a good post. It's just like, that's the name of the game. It's helpful for me because it's like, mm, I'm playing the average. <laughs> and yeah. I also think, like I said in the beginning, you being high achieving, wanting perfection, it's like split, right? Because that makes you strive for excellence. But it also, we don't want this side where it's like beating yourself up. So what does the middle look like? I think it's like the artist. That's, I think, the middle where it's like you want to be great, but it's like art. So the metrics are different. The judgment is different. Yeah. What's coming in? I'm like, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. You know, you just kind of push post and hope that it reaches whoever it's meant to. And I know that there are people that like start following me and go back through and Mm -hmm. read. And, and they're not going to like it because it's embarrassing to like an old post. <laughs> <laughs> then they know that I, or yeah. Then that they I'm, know that you were stalking, yeah, that they were yeah, stalking yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting. Like I've got well, more than 2000 followers, which isn't that many. Like when you look at big people, which is fine. Until they but show up at I, your house. Yeah. Like if I had a room of 2000 people that cared about what I was saying, like, that's pretty good. But if I get 40 likes on something, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm, that's good. 40. 40 likes. Yeah. You know? and Mine's so, like 30. It, like yeah, it's not what you think. Yeah. So it's just kind of the mind game that I think I'm always like coaching myself through. Yeah. And I think that's what I want you to remember is like, what game are you trying to play? Mm-hmm. I would way rather you be making money. For sure. Because I think that's like the signal. 
mm-hmm. that what you're doing is resonating, what you're doing is working because you're a business owner. Yeah. I think it's okay to play the social media game of like trying to grow your followers and trying to get more likes and things like that and learning how to do that. There's a lot of people that teach how to do that, but I don't know. Is that the game that you want to play? What are you trying to get to in your business? Well, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, what you shared yesterday about like, you want to like get them in, you want to TLC. Yeah. Yeah. The TLC, like the conversion and all of that. So I think that, you know, what's interesting is I don't really enjoy reading Instagram posts. <laughs> like I don't, oh, interesting. I don't spend a lot of time like browsing people. Like I really don't. I get on Instagram when I have something to like say or I'm posting something. If I didn't have this for my business, like I have a personal Instagram account that I never post on because it's just not my thing. I don't want to spend my time reading stuff on Instagram. But I do enjoy watching people's stories. And I think that that's why I... And that's why you show up on stories. Yeah. I love psychology. That's why I like studied psychology when I was in college, because I loved the way people think. When I found out about marketing, I was like, this is psychology. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to think the way that you interact with a post is different than the way you interact with a story on Instagram. The way that I interact with a podcast is different than how I interact on Facebook. The way that I interact on YouTube is different than I, how I interact in person or with a book. And it's like, that is why you can play the Instagram game and learn how to do it that way. Or you can just do it in a way that feels good to you, knowing the relationship that they have with you is going to come from lots of intersections, right? They're going to come to your masterclass. They're going to see you on stories. It's a touch point. It is not the only interaction. It's like dating. If all you did was text, that'd be a limited relationship, right? You need to go on a date. You need to like see each other. (laughs) I see that with like, clients. And especially if you're building a word of mouth, like what is your goal right now? Is it fully booked? Is it group program? What are you working on? I want to have some one-on-one clients. Like I'm offering a special for the holidays. People like some 40 people enough of a pool to get that. Yeah. So then you have enough people interacting with your stuff that you can build relationships to get what you want. Yeah. AKA keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Let yourself feel good about it. Let it feel like enough to you. For sure. Okay. Thanks, Amber. Yeah. Danita said I would maybe turn off the metrics for a while and fill into what works for you. Yeah. I've done that. I like didn't look at my metrics actually until just this year. Anything. I still don't listen to my own podcast. <laughs> like I do not. I do not listen to my own podcast. It gets me in weird headspace. Looking at my analytics for Instagram was the same way. I'm like, I don't want to know. I was focused on creating money, clients, like the things that matter to me. Once I did that, I was like, okay, now I'm like interested. And I hired my friend, Janessa, who's on the podcast for me to like, look at my analytics on Instagram. It's like the first time I ever did that. So I think that's not an, unpo- well, it's not unpopular with me to me. I agree. <laughs> I think it can be useful to not go down that rabbit hole unless it's useful for you. Okay. Thanks, Ashley. Anyone else need to come on? Not need, but want to chat about something. I have a question. Yeah, Kristen. Yeah. And maybe you mentioned this, like. I guess I've been thinking like, do I need to be on LinkedIn? And then I'm like, are my people on LinkedIn? Anyway, I just kind of wanted to get your take on, I'm kind of like wondering, I'm like, are my people even on Instagram? Actually, I know there's a few. I guess I'm just kind of like, where are my people? I mean, I have an email, but I only have like a hundred and I think 17 people on my email list. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to people about like Instagram, I think everybody says like, oh, I hate Instagram. 
but I think that there are people on there, but I don't get a ton of engagement on my coaching staff. My Facebook page is like, I was posting like the things yeah. I post, and it's like nothing hardly there. And I'm just like, okay. Anyway, I just wanted to kind of like talk about that. How long have you been publishing on Instagram as a creator? Maybe a year, less than a year, probably nine months. So not a lot and not super consistently until more the last four or five months, probably. And do you interact, aside from posting, do you interact with other platforms? Like, do I get on Facebook and do I get on LinkedIn? Is that what you're asking? Like on Instagram, no, like other platforms on Instagram, I meant. So like, do you go and comment? Do you like things? Are you like talking to people? Yes. I don't feel like I'm really great at it. It's okay. I'm not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> like you don't do it often enough or like you're not actually good at talking online? I feel like I'm not sure where I would do that. So that's, I guess, like, I always try to like respond to real people that aren't businesses when they post something, you know, I, I always make sure that I like real people's stuff. I don't know when it's business yeah. stuff, I'm going to scroll through, but I'm trying to give what I want to receive. Like if they do a little poll or something, I'll take the poll, you know, just like try to interact, maybe ask a question. And to me, it is trying to find the balance. Like that's why I love your 15 minute marketing, because if I don't set that 15 minute timer, I just get sucked in and I'm like, oh, yeah. that was my time that I was going to create content. And what did I do? Just like, and watch cute bunnies or whatever it is. Now I'm like, ah. it is something that takes discipline for me to do in an effective way. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out like, is this worth the effort and time that I'm putting into it? When I send out my newsletter, that's when things kind of happen when I send out a newsletter. But I'm only sending out a newsletter right now once a month. It's okay. As I'm chipping away at getting things going, I'm like, I can send out a newsletter twice a month or something like that. But anyway, those are kind of my thoughts. I've just been thinking about LinkedIn, probably because my husband does a lot on LinkedIn, which yeah. makes And I would husband. argue his people are on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I guess because we went to a thing with his people, you know, they've all been like connecting with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what I would do on LinkedIn, but there's all these people, but they're all coaches too. That's the other thing is I'm like, everything's filled up with coaches and coaching stuff. Because that is you. Yeah. It is not real. So like, this is what's fascinating. The algorithm is going to serve you coaching stuff. And that's what you're going to keep seeing because that's what's on your mind. When my sisters come into town, I'm always like, can I look at your discover page? Because they get served so different than me. Mm -hmm. It reminds me just to be mindful of like what you're consuming because you keep getting things that reinforce what you're thinking, <laughs> which is interesting. It's like Instagram has been curated for you too. They're showing you what you think you want to see and the people that you interact, you know what I mean? And like, it becomes this little bubble that we think is the internet and it is not. And so I think exploring other platforms is one way to kind of break out, like who would be on LinkedIn, but also like thinking through kind of going up the line. So it's like what we talked about for your brand, going up the line, spiritual teachers, right? And like going to a completely different corner of the internet and finding people who are maybe even more extreme than you want to be that talk about things so different than what you've been consuming. Because I think it can start to feel very much like blah, like everyone's talking about the same thing. Everyone looks the same, but it's only because you've fallen in your little corner of the internet. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Would your people be on LinkedIn? Not really. Their husband. 
probably might be. I could see that. I think actually that was kind of my thought is like, if a husband was like, I wonder if this woman could help my wife. I don't know how much would you resonate, but like think through, how would you resonate with that? If Matt came to you and was like, I think this woman could help you. Not as you are now. Let's go 10 years ago. Would you like that? Maybe because I was pretty desperate and I kind of needed him to say, you're worth getting the help that you need. And I just had an experience yesterday when one of my clients said that her husband said that was the best money we've ever spent. I was just like thinking kind of like, okay, it's helpful when the men buy into it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if speaking to the men though is the quickest way to do that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that's going to be any more of an effective place to put my energy. Yeah. Because you're putting one more step in between you and the woman that you can help. And I think the fastest way is to remove as many steps as we can. That's why I like commenting on accounts. Like the 15 minute marketing plan is literally how I got fully booked the first time. That is what I did. I would comment on accounts. I would talk to real people. I would post on my own, mostly so that people, when they saw my comment or we talked in the DMs, like when they came to my profile, I looked like a coach. They're like, yeah, she posts coachy content. It like validates who I am. Not necessarily to be well-liked or like to go viral. It was like a landing place for people to speak connected to Nita. <laughs> because I think that that was really important to me. It was the connection. And so I would connect in the DMs, connect on commenting on other accounts and having discussions. And then they would come to my profile that I had had like 180 people. I didn't have a huge, but it didn't matter, right? We resonated. There was something that clicked and the content was another place to nurture that relationship. And so if I was you, Kristen, I would spend more time thinking about collaborations, conversations, like how do you get on other people's podcasts? How do you get your own podcast ready to roll? I know you are. Because then like we talked about with the growing, right? So it's like Instagram becomes your way to nurture their relationship until they're ready to get on your email list or ready to listen to your podcast. Because I have people that still don't even know that I have a podcast on my Instagram because right now that's our relationship is Instagram and that's okay. When they're ready to take the next step, they will. And so seeing Instagram or like wherever you choose, I think Instagram is better than your Facebook from what we've discussed, but use it the way that I think a small account should, which is DMs, conversations, connections. Okay. So when you go to make a comment, are you kind of offering coaching a little bit? Like I'll I'll do it in real. So if I was you, like, let's say you go to Jody Moore coaching. And she has a post that's like, divorce is always an option. And this is the honest truth. Da, da, da. She has 173 comments. So this is what I would do. I would go find a comment that I could actually engage with. I would not comment on Jody Moore's post. I would respond to a comment of someone who follows and has enough emotional investment to comment on her post. So let's say this person. Agreed. I finally left a toxic, abusive marriage after 17 years. I had multiple bishops tell me to go to the temple more, pray more, do all things more. And you could like say something helpful here, even just valid. Do you say it on the thread or do you DM them? Yes. So if you see this, then you hit reply to her comment, then you can reply. You can also see the other replies that she has. Love this precisely. Like, see, because this is where you get to stand out. The comments on hers right now are love this precisely 100%. All short. If you leave a thoughtful comment, you become a very real person to her. Sometimes people are like, I don't know how I found you. I bet people found me through this. I used to do this all the time because I have a bleeding heart. And I think all of you ladies do too. Like, I genuinely care about people. 
And so sometimes in the digital space, it can feel cold, it can feel disconnected, but if you make it connection-based, it feels a lot better, right? So like she wrote this comment or another person, like you never think it will be what God wants you to do until that is the answer he gives you, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I really respond as if we were in person, even if she never gets back to me, one, it'll live on that page forever, right? Like if anyone ever goes and looks, I'm there. And even if she never responds, if she reads it, we have a connection. And you do that five to 10 people a day, right? That's the really number Because I don't know if I got what it really was to do yes. that. Okay. I'm glad that we went there because I think I assumed that that's what people, like when I say go comment on the account. that I'm smart enough to figure that out. I don't know, but like, I'm glad because I'm in my own head. It's like, I know what I'm talking about. That doesn't mean that everyone else does. I did this for Tony Robbins, Jody Moore, Brennan Burchard, Russell Brunson. Like I would go and answer people's comments. I wouldn't go make a comment based on what Jody Moore said. I would be commenting from the people, especially with a polarizing post like that, where people's feelings are raw. You can go and be a real connection for them, a real person. And then they're interested in what you do. And as long as you're not being slimy, because I think that that, and you're not, Kristen, I know you, you're not a slimy person, but like, you don't want to be like, oh, hey girl, this was great. I get those DMs and you can like sniff it. Like, oh, you want me to ask about your program or whatever. This is why we need nothing. If you really don't need something from people and you're being genuine and you do this over and over and over again, you get real connections. You get real people following you especially for an account like yours, Kristen, you're trying to work with people who are business owners. You're trying to work with real women. Like, not that we're not real women, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not just a business that you want to help them with. And so their accounts are probably private. How do you reach them? You find their comments on other big accounts. That's how you reach them. Okay. That makes so much more sense because I think I was like spending that time, like, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my 15 minutes. It was more like ranking and then looking at accounts that I just let, I think what really helped me is like, go to these bigger accounts and really going to the comments for there, not to make a comment about where these posts and commenting on what someone else commented on. Okay. That was a little like moment for me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why like on Facebook and you and I talked about this in Boxster a little bit, like if I were to use Facebook, I would be in Facebook groups because I think the same feeling exists that we were just talking about, right? In a Facebook group, I wouldn't necessarily comment on the creator's post, but I would find people making comments and respond to those comments because those are the people I'm interested in helping. Yes, that makes sense. That would be my top priority if I was in your shoes. That is what I did. Don't neglect the posting because like, I see it as like, this is the other thing, Ganita, that I meant to say to you is like the safety. I want to give people safety to explore my thoughts without needing to talk to me because that's important in this day and age, right? Like DMs can be confronting for people. It's like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready to talk to you. So if I let people just engage in the way that feels safe to them without DMs from me, right? Like just loving, I'm here and they can explore what I think and my ideas over time. Then when they're ready, maybe they come to a free masterclass or they sign up for my email or whatever, and they take the next step when they're ready. And it's just like a lot of space for them to explore my world without feeling like they need to make a decision right now. So, Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Kristen. All right, ladies, it is 1120. Maybe I will see some of you later today for the Beast Business Sprints. If not, we have another call up for the Matrix next Wednesday and I will see you then. Okay. Bye.